What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I really appreciate the continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener, thank you so much for hopping aboard the pirate ship. March4th.podbean.com is the host site. You can also follow me on Instagram at March4thPod and on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. You made it here, so you found me somehow, and I greatly appreciate it, man. Got another fun episode today. Uh, it's 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 just so cool, man. Since I've since I've you know really gotten more into social media over the last year, and made it a you know a, a real focus of mine to be consistent with doing this podcast and just having that need to scratch the creative itch, to connect with people, to connect with artists, to connect with business owners, and just people hustling out there you know, chasing their dreams, doing positive things in the hopes that these shows inspire you to do the same. And it's just, it's just been so cool, man, um, over this past year to really get back into this and and to take a negative situation and turn it into a positive, you know, in terms of the pandemic and all the, you know, terrible things that were happening in our country and just around the world last year. Um, you know, that's something that I've struggled with too. You know, personally I've struggled with and struggle with anxiety, OCD tendencies, irrational thoughts and fears. And, um, you know, last year, I think one of the the positives for me coming out of uh, that pandemic was just, um, well, we're still in it, but you know what I'm saying. But one of the positives for me was just being like, you know what, what can I do with, with all this time alone and being at home and not being able to see family and friends the way I normally would be able to, not being able to go to live shows the way I normally would be able to. You know what? What can I do? And I and I've made a concerted effort in the last uh, several months to get in better shape physically, because when when my body's right, my mind is usually pretty sound. And and before that, you know, this podcast in 2020, just bringing it back and saying, man, if you if you want to do this, it's up to you to do it. You know, um, you just gotta you just gotta you know buckle down, stick with it. You know, have determination and be disciplined. And it's been really cool to see how many people are checking out the show. I don't have any sponsors right now. Um, I'm, I'm recording this. I'm setting up the interviews. Uh, I do the audio. I do the editing. And I'm not saying all this to, like, toot my own horn. I'm just saying, like, this is truly a passion project. I do this because I love it. And I love if even one person, literally one person downloads this show and they pick up a guitar or they start that business or they pick up a pencil and start drawing or they they do some push-ups or you know change their diet because they, they they just get inspired to like you know change their life at all like that that's what matters to me man you know i i do this because i love it don't get me wrong it would be cool <laughs> to to build this bad boy up and continue to build it up and that's the goal you know it would be you know it would be great to continue to reach more and more people with every show and eventually get to a point where there's sponsors and whatnot but um it's been a, a great creative endeavor for me, and it's been really awesome to connect with anybody who's listened to this show. So if you do follow me on Instagram, if you do follow me on Twitter, if you are downloading the podcasts and checking them out, I greatly appreciate it, man. It's it's all love on my end. It's it's humbling. Uh, January was the, the best month in terms of downloads to this point in the last year. Um, it's, it's continued to go up, and that's been really cool to see. So 
uh, I really, really mean it when I say that, that I truly appreciate all of you, man. And I hope that everybody's doing well. I hope your families and your friends are doing well. If not, I will keep you guys all in my thoughts and prayers, man. Uh, I know it hasn't been an easy year, uh, last year, but we're two months into 2021. So again, whatever you want to chase, man, what, whatever dreams you have, write down your goals, sleep on them. You know what I mean? Like, there, you know, that might sound crazy, man, but I literally, I, and I've said it before on this show, I wrote down goals for myself. I put sticky notes on my fridge. I, I, I put stuff on notes that I put under my mattress so I would like sleep on it and it would be in like my subconscious mind. And that might sound insane to people listening to this. There might be some people like, dude, I can't even go past these four and a half minutes after dude just said that. But it's true. I really think that, especially as somebody who, who has a mind like a hamster in a wheel, there's really something to be said for taking those thoughts and, and just getting them out of your system, you know, making it tangible. A thought is a thought until you make it an action, right? So if there's things that you want to do, take action with them and hold yourself accountable to them. And when you write it down, there's something really powerful about that. And we live in this age with computers and smartphones and stuff. Everything's touchscreen, but when you actually get a pen or pencil and you write stuff down, I'm telling you, there's something really tangible to that. So do it. Just do it, man. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate all of you guys. And, and again, uh, I, I hope everybody's doing well. If you are new to the podcast, I drop new episodes on the first and third Tuesday of every month. So I'm doing it bi-monthly right now with my schedule and with my with my day job and my career during the day. I'm doing two month or two shows a month right now. It's the first and third Tuesday of every month. All right, so that's where you can find them. And again, stay tuned on Instagram and Twitter and the website, and you will know when those new episodes will drop. And this one is is one that uh, I'm I'm really happy I was able to get these guys because um, they're a band that I that I discovered through social media. And I listened to them on Spotify. I was really impressed with the way that they balance melody with with heavy guitars and just great solos and rhythm. It's it just, I, I think they're taking their influences and really making it their own thing. And that is none other than the site of impact. These guys are out of Donna, Texas. And the particular member of the band that was uh, awesome enough and kind enough to join the show with me is their lead guitarist, UJ Martinez. The site of impact is rounded out by Moises Lopez on vocals, Andrew Vela on guitar, Aaron Cruz on bass, and Hector Perales on drums. These guys are really talented, man. Um, you know, three they've got three different singles on Spotify that all over have, uh, excuse me, have over 100,000 streams. Their latest single, Venom, the last time I looked, had over 130,000 streams. They also put out a killer video for it. Uh, My Broken Record, The Stage, those songs are both over 100,000 streams. In fact, The Stage is over 151,000 streams. So, you know, these guys are really making some noise. Over the years, uh, they've done shows with bands like Avatar, I Set to Kill, Edema, Head P.E. They've been on the Never Say Never Festival a few times, which has featured bands like Deftones, The Devil Wears Prada, Bring Me the Horizon, Attila, Asking Alexandria, I think Memphis Mayfire was down there. Um, and, and they list their influences uh, among them being, you know, bands like Architects, Breaking Benjamin, Avenged Sevenfold, and Linkin Park. You know, so if you're into alternative metal, heavy metal, metal, hard rock, you know, all that stuff, new metal, gent, 
they're kind of taking all that and putting it into a blender and making it their own thing. And I just think it's really cool that a band from 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 a small town, you know, they're they're not from a New York or an L.A. or anything like that, but a, a band from Donna, Texas, is you know is doing their thing and making noise, and and it really has a you know a, a pretty substantial following. Um, so it was just uh, really cool to have the chance to catch up with UJ, learn more about their story, learn more about what they've got coming up, and, and just talk about music and guitars and all that fun stuff, man. Uh, it's I have a lot of respect for what these guys are doing, so I was super humbled that uh, UJ took the time to get back to me and, and talk with me for this podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper. And give you guys my conversation with UJ Martinez, lead guitarist of The Site of Impact. Here it is. Well, UJ, thank you so much for taking some time with me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I you know, oh, saw you guys on Instagram and um, started checking out your music and your music videos and stuff. And really love what you guys are doing, man. So I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me here, man. The opportunity to be here is freaking awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, man. I, I love this stuff and I love music. And, and just as kind of a place to start, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a metalhead at heart. I love heavy music. I've always loved the guitar. Um, yeah. I finally, just so people, when I when they do the show, so they just wouldn't see my blinds in the background, I finally got like a banner. So that's like, I don't know <laughs> if you've heard that album, but that's uh, Machine Head, The Blackening. So... I haven't um, heard that album, but I love Machine Head. Is that, oh, is, yeah, that a, yeah. is that an older album or is it new? The Blackening came out, I think it was 2007. Um, I think I've heard some songs from it. I just don't know the album. Okay. Yeah, they um, they did a song called uh, Aesthetics of Hate, which was okay. uh, uh, about somebody who wrote like a like a nasty article about Dimebag Daryl. Oh, so. Okay. It was kind of kind of a middle finger, um, and then yeah, to them, yeah. Halo um, is um, Halo's an an amazing song. I mean, you as a guitar player, I think you would probably love it. When when did the love for guitar start? You know, when when did the music bug bite you? Man, oh dude, it was. I still kind of like remember it, which is kind of weird. Like I still remember it kind of vividly. Like I just remember being. I was being chilling outside, like, with the fam, with my dad, with my mom, uh, while they're barbecuing. And then, you know, they'll always be playing, uh, like, the 80s music, like Michael Jackson and, you know, even, like, 80s metal, like Molly Crew or, you know, like, all that all that good stuff, all that old good classic stuff. And then uh, I was always just jamming with them, jamming outside, having fun, you know. Uh, and then I remember my dad threw on, it was actually... My dad and my uncle, they threw on some, like, Linkin Park and Korn, like, in, as I was born in 1995, so, uh, so um, uh, I'm 25 years old, so around 2000, 2001, when the first uh, album from Linkin Park came out, uh, I remember having that, and my dad threw it on, and I was like, yo, what is this? Like, this is freaking <laughs> hard, this goes hard, like, the rapping, and the heaviness, and the guitars, and the effects, and the piano and you know the dj scratching i was like whoa like i love this stuff and i just remember instantly like like just jamming that all the time and corn too like uh, uh life is like life is peachy and freaking uh 
see you on the other side and uh, follow the leader and stuff like that. Like all of that stuff is what got me into playing the guitar. Uh, well, into the music first, actually. That's what got me into the music, uh, the heavy music. Um, but then playing guitar, uh, I discovered Event Sevenfold like in two, like in fifth grade, two thousand six, uh, with Back Country, and uh, I remember seeing the music video on MTV and just instantly like being blown away by his his little solo like section, and I was like, that's what I want to do, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so I just remember just taking it from there, trying to learn songs that I liked, uh, jamming there with my uncle at his at my grandma's house. Um, you know, just just really getting into it. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And then I was just jamming, 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 and I didn't really get into any bands until uh, about high school, like sophomore year. You know, that's kind of where everybody's messing around with bands and uh, if you're in the music scene or whatever. But I remember having some friends and, you know, jamming a little bit and then, you know that's that's where T-Soy came along a little later. But yeah, that's that's how it uh that's how I got into the to the music to the guitar. That's awesome, man. So yeah, you were probably what like uh, I think Hybrid Three came a, out the two thousand. Yeah, I was about five or six five years when I old. First heard it and was getting into the to the heavy music and yeah, man, I still remember that. Like it's pretty crazy because it was it's pretty much what what. It's weird to say because I was so young, but like it pretty much like like made me like like who I am today because that that music just stuck with me and I still listen to those to those albums and those songs like on the daily. You know, it's just like inspirational. It helps a lot. Uh, I don't know. Just makes it just feels good listening to that music. Uh, I feel like I don't know Lincoln Park. I feel like a lot of people feel like they if their music were to come out now, you know. Rest in peace, Chester. But like, if it were to come out now, I feel like it would still, like, be something brand new, or like it, it would hit really hard. I feel like they were like ahead of the game back then. Uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. That that record. Um, I was in. Uh, I think uh, seventh grade. Like, I think it came out right around like maybe the middle of two thousand or towards the fall yeah. of two thousand. So. So yeah, I, I was uh, I was going into junior high, man, and I think um, I'm trying I, I'm trying to remember the first song that that I heard from them. Um, I don't think it was crawling. Uh, maybe it was like, like paper cut or I think uh, it might have been paper cut. I think it might have been the first one, and you know, and that was back when MTV. Um, you know, yeah. you had. TRL and everything. Yeah, so like, with the music videos on MTV, where it was actually music television. <laughs> yeah, and and MTV would do these blocks where they would do like, um, you know, they do like rap music videos. They would do mm -hmm. like the pop music videos, and then they would do like the heavy stuff. So yeah. I remember seeing stuff even like uh, Kitty, which was like this heavy metal, like oh, yeah, uh, I fronted rock band. Yeah, man, they were they were heavy. Um, Kitty, you know, man, Seven that's Dust, right? Seven Dust for sure. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite bands. And so, so yeah, I remember the impact that that album had when, when that came out. You know, what, what people ended up coining as, like, new metal, you know. New um, metal, I mean, yeah. You're, you're in, you know, hard rock and alternative and heavy music, so you know about all the subgenres and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, yeah Linkin Park was really, really a game changer because I feel like, you know, you had Korn, 
and Deftones and, and Limp Bizkit, you know, yeah. at the top of the charts and everything. And then Linkin Park came in and I think really, you know, brought in even more of that hip hop element to that it. Hip hop element with effects and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. It um cause cause the the follow-up to that album was it Meteora, I think was yeah. came out a couple years later. Yeah. And then and then they just uh they took it even a notch up even from there, yeah. you know. Um like somewhere I belong, all everything that was on that record was just it was crazy, man. So yeah, sadly Chester is somebody that's that's gone too soon, like so many, yeah. but uh but his his music and his lyrics will live on though, man. Cause yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think Lincoln Park, if they came out right now, they would still be a, a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you, man, you were 11, 12 years old when you started playing guitar. Um, yeah. You mentioned your uncle. What, what, so did anybody in your family play, or was music yeah. just around? Yeah, man, my my uncle played the guitar. Uh, he was really good at the guitar. Um, he was just. He was in a in a band, like some local bands, like in his day and stuff like that. And then, well, every time I would go over, I would just see him jamming, you know, in his room. And he would be jamming some corn or whatever, like freaking Metallica and all this stuff. He was just jamming. And I just, I was like, yeah, I was like 10, 9 when I, nine, when I first started seeing that or paying attention to it. And uh, yeah, just like, I want to do that. I remember asking him, like, can I try and stuff? He's like, yeah. I couldn't even put my hand or like around the whole like neck of, of the guitar <laughs> and stuff like that. Just like messing around with it, you know, learning like uh, in the White Stripes and shit, Seven Nation Army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just all that easy stuff, you know, smoke on the water, um, all that stuff that was like beginner stuff just to learn. Uh, I always wanted to just learn like stuff that I really liked, like just music that I liked so I never really like took classes or anything like that or like tried to like buy a book where I learned like all the chords and all that it was kind of just like I want to learn the songs and you know take it from there and learn myself kind of self-taught type of thing and that's that's what ended up happening I just remember just jamming all the time and then finally getting to the point where I was able to write like riffs my own riffs and you know finally getting together with the side of impact and you know writing songs and stuff like that so it's freaking awesome yeah dude that's 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 really cool to hear so did you did you learn a lot by ear and just listening and then trying yeah. to figure it out on the fretboard or were you looking uh, up tabs and stuff too a, a lot of it was both uh a lot of it was both at first but i remember like I, obviously i was new to it so i didn't know about tabs uh so i was just trying to like find it and then uh, eventually when my uncle told me he was like yo you can go on this website and ultimate guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh um i remember going on there and he's like just type in whatever song and it should come up and i just remember doing that and it was like boom i was like what like, this, is, <laughs> this is teaching me teaching me what to do or like what, what fret to to play and i was like this is awesome so i remember taking it from there and then uh yeah just just doing that for the longest time until until about like ninth grade or whatever sophomore year when we were messing around with some bands and stuff so yeah that's where it started with the tabs for sure (laughs) yeah man uh it's first picking up a guitar man like it was super intimidating for me and it's cool i always feel like with music um 
even when you're drawn to it naturally, there's there's always that person or those people in your life that kind of help usher you along, you know, because, uh, you know, even to this day, like I, I tell everybody that comes on here, like I'm like a bedroom guitar player. I'm I'm I wouldn't even classify as a novice. It's just something I do for fun in my in my free time just because I love music. But um, but one of my good buddies, uh, Andy Langston, um, he could play he can play like the drums, the guitar. He sings. Yeah. And so he would come up and jam with me. Yeah. 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 He would come up and jam with me, man. And uh and he helped get get my confidence up. Cause kind of like what you were saying, like, you know, you want to learn the stuff that you love, but yeah. you know, I, I couldn't play master puppets or anything like that. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so yeah, you you learn you learn where to put your fingers and build up your calluses a little bit. But so that's really cool that you had your uncle as somebody that kind of helped get get you into it, man. Yeah, man. So what kind of guitar did he have, UJ? Did he have uh, electric and acoustic, or? He had uh, three electric guitars. Um, he had uh, a BC Rich, um, Harry King signature guitar. Uh, oh, wow. That one was, yeah, that one was freaking dope. Uh, he had that. He had a ESP, like, gothic. It looked like the freaking um, Gibson like so like i don't know what the i don't know the, the, the classic gibson uh shape but uh it was like a gothic matte black and it looked really cool and, uh, he also had a seven string uh, ibanez which is actually uh, one of the mushroom head uh, signature guitars as well oh cool so your uncle's really into the heavy stuff that man yeah man he was in he was into that heavy stuff man yeah slipknot mushroom head freaking lacuna coil um Corn, uh, Static X. He he liked the Gun Sevenfold as well. Uh, he also liked Freaking Benjamins as well. But mostly a lot of that heavy stuff, yeah, for sure. So what what was your first guitar, UJ? My first guitar was uh, I don't remember what brand it was. It was probably like some first act thing from like Best Buy. It was like a like a first like little starter pack thing with a little amp and stuff and i remember getting that as my first guitar like in eighth seventh grade yeah seventh grade and uh that's where i was like first starting to get into it um and they got me that guitar and i was just you know messing around learning like i said learning the the tabs and stuff freaking three days grace and you know some easier Tab stuff and yeah, that's that was my first guitar. I don't even remember what happened to it. Honestly, it's totally forgot about it <laughs> until now. Because <laughs> now uh, you play—is it a Schecter? Is it the the Hellraiser solo? Is that one of them that you yeah, have? Yeah, man, I have a Schecter Hellraiser solo, um, a Schecter Hellraiser C1, which is the same exact like color as the solo one, but except it's a C1. Body, and uh, I also have a Sinister Gates custom, and as well as a acoustic guitar, like a mariachi type acoustic guitar. Yeah. Oh, cool, man! Yeah, I lo I love Schecter's, dude. I think I think for the for what you get, just you know what you get right right off the wall, man. They're yeah. they're they're ready to go. Like I, my first guitar was a was a Damien Six. Um, and then a few years ago, I traded it in and got a, a stealth C1. So it's nice. still got the like the sack black. Awesome. 
Yeah, it's it. I, I love it because um, it's got a you know the push pull knob on it, so yeah. you know you can you can get some good cleans with it too. But um, yeah, that C one body is a lot of fun to play on. It's really easy to play on with that neck, I man. Love I love the it. C one. Yeah, my favorite one is the C one. I like the solo as well. The the access to the to the higher frets though, I wish it was a little bit a little bit more, but uh, it is what it is. I, I still love it though. But yeah, the C ones definitely are amazing. I love them. I love my C one. I have uh, all of my guitars except for the the C one are in drop A, and the C one is uh, freaking drop F sharp. So we be running that super low tuning on six string guitars. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, your guys' sound. You know, looking at looking at your influences and stuff like Architects and Breaking Benjamin, yep. Avenged, yeah. and, and Lincoln Park, like we've talked about. But um, there's definitely you know those those heavy elements where there's there's a little bit of a genty vibe. But what I really dug yeah. about your guys' sound was I I really feel like you guys blend it really well with the melody. Um, you. you know, with with Moises's uh, uh, vocals, man, like the the harmonies that you guys inject into it. Um, it's a really, really good balance, man. I mean, what was it like in terms of uh, meeting up with these guys? You mentioned it was early on in high school when you started to get in bands. At, at what point did the the site of impact really started to to come into fruition? Yeah. So, uh, um, I was a senior in high school uh, when it was probably around the beginning of the year, like a few months in. Um, I had been in a band that was before the site of impact. We were called. Uh, uh, like through the eyes of our creator or something like that. I was in a band and our singer in that band uh, was friends with these guys and he graduated with them in high school. So we all we all went to the same high school except they're older than me um, by like five years. Uh, I'm 25, they're 29, 30 already. But um, yeah, so we were, I was just there in high school and I remember Moses actually messaging me on Facebook and he was like, Hey man, um, I saw you. Oh, actually I've missed the whole part. We had a show with that band, um, like a house show here in our, here in our city, in our hometown at a friend's house. And both of us actually played, uh, through the eyes of our creator and the side of impact, but I wasn't in the side of impact yet. So they saw me jamming with, uh, my high school band. And we were just, you know, we, we were jamming, we had some fun, and then like weeks or month, a couple of months later, Moses messaged me like, hey man, uh, I saw you jamming with your band, like it was really cool and stuff like that. Was We were looking for a guitarist and was just wondering if you were interested, and I was like, yo, heck yeah, because, well, these guys, like I knew about them, of course, because uh, they had already been around maybe about like two years already, just uh, doing doing some local shows around the area and stuff. And I was like, yo, let's do it. So I remember meeting up with him, learning like a song or two songs in like one night. And then being, he was like, yeah, like you're in, like you're in, and I was like, dope. So it just went like that. And then the, I think like a couple of weeks later, I had my first show with them, like downtown uh, McAllen, like that's where everybody goes to have fun and stuff. <laughs> um, we played a show down there and it was freaking dope man i had like the time of my life like finally playing like like a show show like like there's a bunch of people and like people didn't necessarily come to see us but they were just there hanging out at the bar and stuff but 
it was freaking amazing. I just remember falling in love right there. Like, like, yeah, this is, this is the band. This is the band right here. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Oh, so it's, it's Moses, not Moises. I apologize, man. For no, you're actually, it is Moises. It is. I, we all say it wrong. You're saying it right. Um, he always tells us stuff about that. Like, my name is Moises. <laughs> oh, okay. like, yeah, my bad. But yeah, we say it wrong all the time. Yeah, we're just being lazy about it. Yeah. No, it's cool, man. I, I just want to make sure I, I want to make sure I get everybody's names right. Um, no, you're totally fine. That's all me. <laughs> so it is. So it is Moises. Okay. Yeah, man. I um, like I said, I I really loved. I mean, obviously, Venom's the latest single. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, the the solo on uh, is it Calevra? Is that how you say that song, Calevra? Yeah, Calevra. Yeah, the solo on that one. Did you do that on that one? Yeah, man. Uh, that was freaking actually me and Moses both wrote it. Um, he had wrote something else like before that. And it was like way too fucking hard. So I was like, yeah, man, like <laughs> let, let me, let me do my thing so I can like actually be able to play this uh, live. And then he was like, yeah, bro, for sure. Cause he, he tends to do stuff like that. Like when he's writing, cause it's kind of weird. We write all our stuff, actually write all our stuff on tabs. And then, we uh like change it up or whatever but that's how we write our music with with a uh, guitar pro so um uh yeah but um he wrote that solo and it was freaking insane um like a lot of crazy like weird stuff going on and i just changed it up a bit and he was like yeah pretty much sounds exactly the same and i was like all right cool and yeah i went with that and it was a it was a bit still like recording that <laughs> um, and and getting that down in the studio, it probably took me like a hundred takes, but I finally had got it. Um, it was freaking amazing. But yeah, that's honestly probably my favorite solo, other than the other than the Venom one. Um, yeah, that that one was amazing solo. Yeah, I really enjoy your guys's catalog. But uh, when I was listening, um, you know before doing this too when i when i heard that solo on Calebra, i was like oh damn i was like they're <laughs> really really saying something with that one man but um so so going back to you mentioned being on that show so you learn two songs basically in one night with these guys they they bring you in was that was that the biggest show you had done to that point like had you had you done yeah, other shows sure me yeah, at that point, that was definitely my biggest show because the only show prior was that pretty much that house show that I just said. We hadn't had any shows with that other band that I was in. That was our first one. But we were just, you know, that other band was uh, was just a, a lot of jamming. And then finally, we were super stoked about getting that house show. And then it being with the side of Impact as well, we were like, yo, there's going to be people. There, there was quite a bit of people. It was like a house party show type thing. And yeah, so it was it was dope. And then... Finally, when they asked me, I was like, oh, heck yeah. And then I played the other show, and I was like, this this is awesome. It was way bigger, way more rowdy, like, you know, more more intense, and it felt great. It sounds like your experience, UJ, was kind of like... Um... Like going up, going up to the the top of the hill, like on a roller coaster. It's like yeah. you you put you put in the work, and you're 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 climbing, 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 jamming with your uncle, learning guitar, and then all of a sudden it was like you got you got to the to that top, and it's like boom, you you, <laughs> you yeah, learned the, exactly the songs, it. you were in the band, and then like two weeks later you had your first show, and we're we're off and going, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and ever since then, man, we just 
we've just been working hard, man, just trying to get our name out there, just putting out music, you know, just doing our thing. Yeah, so I saw it was uh it was what it was 20 2015 um when you guys yeah. were working on your your first single. Yeah, man, uh Ballad of the Sea. I still remember, man. It's it's crazy to think about this stuff cuz uh I just I don't know. It's it's awesome, but yeah, I remember just having that song down. We had it written for the longest time. Uh we actually recorded it ourselves for like a demo type thing. It was really bad, we, but we were still like super stoked that yo, we recorded this ourselves. But it sounded horrible <laughs> compared to the way it sounds now. But yeah, um, I just remember like yo, like we this song is the is the one we want to like record first. So we're we're ready. Like we're actually recording with uh, another local guy in Westaco that was actually doing a really good job on some other songs that we had. But then. Uh, ended up having some like later thoughts that we weren't really digging it uh the sound and you know we just felt like we can get more and uh, we were looking around for producers and stuff and then we just didn't really know i remember asking like some of the big time ones just to see like how much it was to like record a song with them and like freaking couple thousands of dollars i was like yeah there's no way that we could do that and uh i just remember like like a few, maybe it, was, it had to have been like a month or a few months later, three months or something, that we got a message from our producer right now, Wade, and he actually messaged us and was like, yo, uh, like I'm I'm pretty much trying to build my client clientele, like would y'all be down to give it a shot? I'm located in, in Houston, College Station area, and we we're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we went out there and recorded Ballad and instantly fell in love with the whole process like just like being in the studio it was a home studio but it was something totally new to us and uh just seeing the way like he did things and the way he was doing the recording and like the process of it and we we're just like yeah this is awesome i remember leaving that night or the next day with like a demo of the song like real fresh demo like raw like just the way we recorded it and we were like, damn, this already sounds like freaking huge. Uh, <laughs> we were like super like like excited and just like like we can't wait to just do more. And then uh yeah, we finally got the the master back and it was even more badass and we were like, fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, like we've been we ended up sticking with Wade since twenty fourteen. It was late twenty fourteen when we recorded Ballad of the Sea. And uh, and the next, I think it was the next summer or something like that. That no, it wasn't. It was the next two months. We ended up saying, "Nah, let's go back and record a whole EP." So that's what we did. We went in December because we recorded ballad like in August or something, and then we went back in December and recorded the rest of the five, four songs in about four days three four days and oh wow yeah like man it's pretty crazy we usually show up and just just fly through our stuff but we always show up with with our songs already like written so we're not like wasting time in the studio like writing stuff um if anything else gets added it's just like in the moment like this could be cool or this could be cool there let's see how it sounds or whatever but usually we we get our stuff done pretty quickly but uh 
but yeah, we recorded that EP and and freaking loved it. And then uh, we're ready to drop it like that in March. I think we dropped it in March. And yeah, that's where it all began with, with that EP, man. Was that the one that came out in... Uh, it it you, got re-released. It? Yeah, it came out in 2015. We were, we were so new to all this stuff. We didn't really know about the music distributors and stuff like that uh we didn't know how to get our stuff on spotify itunes and all that stuff so we had uh it was a local like like management uh thing that was here in in our area and they helped us get our stuff onto onto spotify and everything but we never knew like we never even asked so it was kind of our fault but we never knew like how it was done or what they did or like what our login info even was for like the account and stuff like that and that kind of bit us in the ass and then we ended up uh releasing the stuff ourselves after we found out how to do it um like our, on our own and then so that ep ended up getting taken down because you're supposed to pay like an annual fee and to keep your music up and uh so we, since we didn't know about the the login info and we had asked for it and stuff and they didn't remember we we're like shit so we're gonna have to re-release it so we ended up doing that in 2019 just so like a little re-release and we actually included Calevra in that re-release because it was supposed to be part of the first uh release but we we didn't want to wait uh to to wait like to release the ep with all six songs which was kind of dumb but we ended up you know it ended up working out on the end we put it all together with the re-release so it was pretty cool yeah, yeah, because when I went on Spotify, I saw there was what was a, another was 2018. Yeah. Like the, the three-song one, and then the self-titled EP was right after that in 2019, yeah. like November 2019. Yeah. But, so uh, wait, it had so... originally been in, in, yeah, in 2015, and then, yeah, it, it, it's kind of confusing, but that's what we had to do in order to get that, that older music back out. Hey man, I, I learn new stuff every day with this. Like I'm a, I'm a newbie with Instagram, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm glad yeah. I I got on there cuz I'm, you know, finding out about like all these awesome bands like you guys, you know. Um cuz I'm I'm always looking for new music and everything. But yeah, there's uh I have a friend um he's not really doing music anymore, but uh I remember when he was uh I think it was it it must have been 2 years ago now cuz last year was the you know, the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Um but uh, he was talking to me about uh, what what was going into trying to get everything on Spotify playlists and stuff. And it was yeah. just like a whole new world. Like I had no idea. Oh, man. Like, I had to get into it. that stuff as well. Uh, it is a lot of work, man. A lot of work and a lot of stuff that I had to learn like on the spot and then just practice at it. It was, it was tough, but it, it definitely paid off because um, – we were able to grow just by doing that stuff. I'm pretty sure he was doing the same thing that I was doing, like playlists, playlisting and all that stuff uh, on Spotify and Instagram. And, you know, just basically just uh, connecting with people. That's basically what it was. And uh, a lot of it, too. But it was a lot of hard work, but it definitely paid off. We were able to, to boost up the numbers a little bit, or quite a bit. So it was awesome. Yeah, man. So that's that's cool that Wade Wade reached out to you guys then, huh? Back you yeah, know a few years man. ago. And it's insane to think about that because now, like the way things are, it's kind of like, damn, like we wouldn't be, we wouldn't sound the way we sound, or 
be where we are if it wasn't for him because he does all our music like he records all our music produces it you know uh masters it edits everything uh and then also the same thing with the lyric videos and the music videos and we just stuck with him with everything because he does it all he's freaking amazing because i was reading he was uh he was with like good fight and he won yeah man he was he was he was on a band called in a band called like monroe um and they were assigned to to e1 and good fight for for a little while um and they were freaking killing it they were on tour with mushroom head and freaking you know a bunch of bands freaking uh playing at the river city rock fest with like lincoln park and stuff like that i was like holy shit and yeah we just learned a lot from him too because he had his foot in the in the music industry so he was just guiding us like as well as well as recording us and producing us and doing all that stuff he was kind of showing us the ropes uh well that's awesome man. and it how do you say his last name is it concien concien yeah yeah man like i i think that's really cool that he reached out to you guys because i know um you know a, like some of my friends back home um self-produce um yeah and and work with other artists too like uh i saw that you went to school for electrical engineering yeah. but um which I think is awesome. Uh, my stepdad uh, is, was he's retired now, but he was an electrical engineer for Jeep for a long time. But um, oh, that's awesome. But I had a couple buddies. Uh, still have a couple of really good friends, and and um, one of them was in a, a band formerly called Once Over, um, okay. and now he's in a band called Star Sleeper, and uh, he works for Sweet Sweetwater's named Steve Dwyer. But uh, oh, wow. he went to school for like audio engineering. And then my other buddy Ryan um, in this this band Tropic Bombs, I, I use their music in my podcast uh, sure. as the bumper music. They're awesome. It's like if Red Hot Chili Peppers and like Rage Against the Machine had a baby. Like you, oh, you should check man. it out uh, with some with some hip hop thrown in there. Um, hey, you're gonna have to send me these links, man. Uh, of these bands, I'm down to check them out for sure. Oh, I will, man. Yeah, they're they're awesome. They you know it's it, it basically like if 311, if you put 311, Red Hot and uh, Rage in a blender, man, they've got little elements <laughs> of all of them. But um, but Ryan went to school for audio engineering too, so like they they produced all their own stuff um, okay. and did a lot of really cool shows locally and stuff. But I think that's really awesome, you know, um, when you're a band like yourselves, where you're 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 trying to get that national audience to have yeah. a guy who's been in the game, you know, reach out to you like that. That's really cool because, like you were saying, I, I can't even imagine when you're when you're a band that's on the come up, you know, trying to figure out how to finance all of that, you know. Yeah. For sure, man. And he, man, he. He's amazing, dude. He gives us, like, we've been with him forever, so he's, like, just been giving us the homie discount ever since forever. So it's it's pretty insane, and we're super blessed and grateful for him, man. So for you, man, what what did he bring to your guitar playing, UJ, you know, going in? I mean, obviously, oh, you've, been, you've been playing guitar for a while, but uh, what was it like to be in, like, just, like, a recording studio setting like that and have a guy you know, kind of, kind of work with you a little bit on your skills and, and, you know, what, what did he, what did he bring out of you that coming in, uh, has made you a better guitar player now? <laughs> uh, dude, there's, there's quite a lot, but I always laugh because every time I, I, well now, nowadays, like whenever we go and record, um, he'll be like, yeah, dude, like you have gotten so much better. Like ever since the beginning, like, like you can actually see like the, like the stuff I don't even know what he's talking about, but it's like I can see where everything is on the 
on the freaking track like that you recorded and he was like i can just tell like you you play way cleaner now and i and i'll be like thank you and all like freaking excited and shit blushing <laughs> but then <laughs> like a few minutes later i'll mess up and he'll be like no nah, never mind you fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> so uh but no nah, he, you know, he'll be like oh, i'm just playing but definitely he's made me a better guitar player because i uh and I, I feel just feel like just being cleaner with the playing and like the whole like click track thing and you know like the professional stuff that I didn't know about and now I do so it's kind of like I don't know he just those stuff that I probably would have ended up figuring out myself but since I was able to to go with him in the studio with him when I was at pretty young age I think when we went in. Uh, I was 18, almost, well, I was 19 already, yeah, I was 19, so when we went into that studio, and I just was super nervous, super, super, super nervous for the first time, like, messing up everywhere, you know, like, freaking shaking and crap like that, and and he's just like, no, nah, just, just do your thing, like, you're good, you're good, and he, he was never, like, like mean or anything like that uh i know some people can be mean in the studio like the producers and stuff like that and he never was ever like that he'll make jokes but he was never like oh like like you're trash or whatever it is but he always had good things to say and always just 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 helped me out as a player and said things that were driving me in the right direction and you know telling me to just to just keep doing what i'm doing i remember uh like also learning about the well not really learning but like figuring out like when you're when you're in the studio like of course the producer is going to have his input and like oh we should do this thing or we should try this or maybe the guitar should guitar part should be this way and we didn't know about all of that stuff so we're like super like uh kind of like offended in a way like you want to change your stuff but like the same time we we took it in and yeah we were able to change some stuff out and you know just come to an agreement and the way he thought think he thought things were going to sound better this way and we ended up doing those things and it really paid off because we were like yeah like he was right he was right in the end uh you know like stuff that was clashing like stuff that we didn't even know about uh but now that now we do so now whenever we're writing stuff we cater to all of that like make sure nothing is is clashing or like now we have an ear for all that stuff so he's definitely made an improvement on all of the members in this band from where we were from day one going with him that's awesome man i'm I'm glad you guys were able to 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 find somebody who who can help bring that out because um like you said i mean you hear you hear stories about not vibing with producers and whatnot but but the sound that you guys have i feel like is like sonically it's very um it's very like expansive you know like i said i mean that was the thing listening to you guys that i really really appreciated was just um the composition of the cleans and the heavy parts like it's it's very well balanced you know what i mean because you have a song like venom that's that's like up tempo and everything but then there was uh you guys did the video was it for somber was the other one yeah yeah and and that one same thing like sonically it's a it's a it's a expansive song but it's it's a totally different vibe. So it's it's like the ebb and flow where you guys have the heavy parts, but 
but you can have something that's also really emotional too. So yeah. there's definitely a really good balance that I feel like you guys strike with that. Thank you. Yeah, that's something we always wanted to do ever since the beginning um, was have a just some sort of perfect balance between the heaviness and the cleans and, you know, just being able to like, kind of like going back to that roller coaster thing, just like going on a ride with the song, pretty much, you know, having fun with it and freaking having those parts where it's a lot of energy and then boom, like it comes down and you're able to like hear some some really nice cleans or like some really, some piano or some some keyboards or whatever it is. Like, yeah, that, that's something we always wanted to do. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you like it. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's digging it. Yeah, and you guys have had some big shows over the years, man. I mean, what what are some of the ones that um, that stick out for you? Because you guys, uh, I, I read that you did some regional touring, you know, yeah. bands like Avatar and I Set to Kill, Head PE, um, and that that helped you guys get on the Never Say Never Festival. Yeah, dude. Uh, so we we played a lot of shows, um, opening up for you know Avatar. We freaking uh, like local places here in the in the area and. That was amazing, you know, just, just, I think our first opener show was for Head PE, if I'm correct, uh, and then it was Avatar, and then it was, like, I Sit to Kill, and we were supposed to open for, like, I Prevail and Danger Kids, but then we ended up not, uh, at the last minute, like, not being able to get onto the bill, so that kind of sucked, but it was what it was, but, you know, we had, we had done a lot of things. Um, that we felt like were freaking huge. So we ended up hitting up the local, well, the guy that was running the NSN Fest, uh, the Never Say Never Festival, and um, ended up becoming real good friends with them afterwards. But I remember hitting them up and, you know, showing them what we did, what we're trying to do, showing them the music, telling them we're, like, we're hard workers and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, man, let's let's do it. Like, uh, just try and sell some tickets for the show. And once you hit, a certain amount of tickets then y'all will be on it and the that certain amount was 100 so we had to sell 100 tickets in order to get onto the show and we were the first band to sell that 100 tickets out of like i don't know how many bands that were trying to get onto the to the festival and we sold over 100 we ended up selling more and he was just freaking blown away with the with the hard work and you know us able to reach people that fast and uh yeah he threw us on that first year and that first year was freaking insane, bro. Like, that was when Bring Me the Horizon had dropped Semp Eternal and Ask Alexandria came out with From Death to Destiny. And, you oh, know, wow. freaking, yeah, Attila was with their freaking, uh, what was that album? Freaking, uh, it had freaking, like, About That Life. I think that's what it was, what it was called. Uh, and then, yeah, there was a bunch of just, amazing bands i actually have a picture on our instagram with the, all the lineups from from the three years that we were able to perform at that festival but uh yeah just that first year i remember freaking being so happy man because i remember going to those festivals since like 2010 um when he was bringing down all these all the bands and stuff and being in the crowd and just like seeing it and being like man i wish one day I could play at this festival and it happened and i was i didn't believe it and i was super nervous we actually had to get there really early that first year 
so we can set up uh, asking Alexandria stage. Um, so we got there and we set up their stage and we we're touching their freaking amps and their drums and you know putting it all on stage and stuff like that. And it was like, yo, like we're here, we're doing this. <laughs> and uh, we actually played that same stage as it was the the not the main stage, but the second main stage, the, the second stage. And uh, we played that one. It was the same stage Asking Alexandria played on, but they were like late at night. I think we played at 12 p.m., like right when the festival opened. And we were playing right there next to the, to the entrance. So we ended up having a, a pretty decent turnout. Uh, everybody came in, checked us out for a bit, you know, and some took off, some stayed. Um, we played about, I think it was a 25 minute set. That was that, that set that first year. And then, uh, yeah, it was freaking awesome. And just, it was, it was pretty like some technical difficulties, you know, we, we had that go on, you know, but it was our first really huge festival on a freaking humongous ass stage. And yeah. We were just like, yo, there's this whole ass stage. Like we're so used to playing a, a bar with like a small little stage and shit. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was amazing, man. And then, yeah, it just carried on to the, it went on three years. That was the first year was 2014. And then 2015 was another awesome year. The festival ended up being a, a two day festival that next year. And, uh, that was like Mayday Parade and freaking, uh, Attila again and a bunch of like other bands. Um, I think I have it right here. Yeah, Attila, Mayday Parade, Memphis Mayfire, Kyoto's, Crown the Empire, uh, After the Burial, Slaves, Skylight Drive, Dance Gavin Dance. The whole like huge lineup of just amazing bands. That yeah, second man. year, that second year ended up being the best year out of the three because we played uh we played one of the smaller stages that year because we felt like uh, we wanted a, a later time in the day, so we chose like two p.m. And it was ended up being on a smaller stage where we were like, yo, we want more people here checking us out. <laughs> it was funny because, you know, like our, our music is like you, like we've been saying, like it's not that heavy, but it has some heavy parts. But uh, it has a lot of cleans as well. But we ended up choosing the stage that was like Chelsea Grant and Lorna Shore and Sworn In and <laughs> like all these death metal bands. <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know what, let's do it. We're going to be the only one that sticks out on the stage. Like, let's fucking do it. So yeah. we played right before Sworn In, like, no, actually right before Lorna Shore. Uh, we played right before them at like 2.15, 2.15 to 2.45. And I just remember playing and then there was a shitload of people, maybe like at least 200 and something. Like that's biggest, probably the biggest crowd we ever had. And like 200 and some people and they were just jamming. And, you know, like I was, I was pretty happy that they were jamming. I was expecting them to to be like what is this this is this is not heavy <laughs> but you know so a lot of people liked it and then i think the dude from lorna shore told us like we did a good set and uh, uh freaking the singer at the time from sworn in as well and it was it was dope that was probably the best year that we had and that was actually the music video that we have out for the hate you gave that's that year 
I was going to ask you because I remember seeing a, a YouTube video where you guys at you were at like an outdoor outdoor festival. Yeah. So was that the one? Yeah, That's the it, one, yeah. It looked yeah, it looked like the crowd was was really getting into it, man. And and for people who don't know, man, like that's that's really difficult to do because you know i have a couple of really good buddies of mine we're all into like the same music and uh, i would always tell them like whenever we go to shows i would be like dude let's get there i want to see the opening bands because i want to see i want to see uh you know what's what's coming up and like i've seen uh you know death punch open up for disturbed in 2008 at bogarts in cincinnati when not a lot of people were super familiar with them and i just remember Ivan Moody's crowd control and the way he was able to like amp people up. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I or I saw I saw nothing more um, when Seven Dust took them out in 2013, which it's crazy. It was eight years ago now, but that that and being in that position. To, what's that? More. And then nothing more blew up like huge. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I always tell people, man, like, you know, get get to the shows early and see those bands because um, there's a lot of talent. Like there's, yeah. you know, my hometown of Toledo is uh, a little, about an hour south of Detroit. And Detroit is obviously like a big, big music city, uh, especially has a lot of a lot of rock and roll history um, uh, in music history in general. But um so a lot of bands will play Toledo on their way to Detroit because Toledo's yeah. kind of between like Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago. But, okay. but yeah, man. So that's I, that, when I saw that video too. I, it was cool to see people get into it because that is a that's a tough spot. You know, you get a, you get a lot of the you know the the crossed arms yeah. people. Yeah, like you know, yeah. I think Jamie Josta calls them impress me bros. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's exactly what they are, man. That's the face and the the gesture. Like, yeah, like, yeah, the crossed arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how, and that's how it was uh for that first year you know a lot of people were, were just like that um but it was of course it was still an amazing experience but that's how it was that first year that second year it was it was really the crowd really got into it and then, uh yeah that third year was was just pretty much just as good there wasn't as much of a crowd as there was that second year but everybody was still jamming we actually have a video on our facebook uh like an actual like live live sound one from I think we played Battle of the Sea in that in that video, but uh, it's from that that third year and that that year we chose again the latest slot I think it was like 3 p.m. on that one, but uh, I didn't notice that we chose a we chose the same time that I think it was yeah it was, it was Slaves they were they were playing on the main main stage and uh, we were playing at the same time as them so we missed out on a lot of people but. It was still awesome. It was still really awesome. Yeah, man. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you were able to win people over, dude. Because like I said, that's that's one of my favorite parts of going to shows is is seeing seeing what bands are, are out there um, you know, in, in, ahead of the ahead of the main act because uh that's that's a tough gig to to get the crowd warmed up and ready for whoever's coming up next. And and if you can win people over, I think that says a lot about your music and your energy, man. Cause yeah. You know, we are talking about uh, these live shows um, and doing regional touring for for people who aren't aware too. You guys are out is, is it Donna, Texas? That's that's like yeah. home base for you guys. That's our hometown, man. Donna, Donna, Texas, the small little town in the tippy bottom of Texas. <laughs> so yeah, so for people who aren't aware, where, where what's like the closest closest like uh, major Texas city that you guys are? You're at the bottom. So is it San Antonio? Is that the closest? 
Yeah, that's about four hours away. Uh, yeah, north. So when you guys linked up with Wade, man, what's what was the trip to Houston? How long was that that trek? Six hours. That's a decent hike, man. So that yeah. that had to be that had to be a pretty big deal then. Even even going back to that time to, I mean, I know Texas is the you know that's a big state, right? But I mean, yeah. that's to to go from Donna to Houston like that. I mean, that had to be that had to be pretty cool to make that happen. Yeah, it was a uh, you know we were nervous. I had never personally done a trip like that like on my own. I've all, I had always gone like to Dallas with my family and stuff like that. And Dallas is eight hours away. Um, but, you know, I was riding, my parents were driving, so I am falling asleep and just sleep most of the time. So I yeah. remember you know, riding with the guys for that first time. And we actually had a show at one of the towns going towards that way. I think it was like a little bit out of, a little bit more south of where he was staying. I think it was probably about three, maybe like two and a half hours uh, south. So we had a show out there. And uh, then after that show was, the next day was the day that we had booked with him. So... Um, we just left from that show and we went straight to his house. So um, it was a pretty, pretty long trip, um, you know, just being on our own and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't that bad. Now it's freaking cake. Like, we do it all the time. So it's kind of like we just take off and get there and do our stuff and head back. And like it, like it was nothing. But I know a lot of people are not used to the, to the, long drives you know like since texas is so huge yeah man um so with the the regional touring that you guys have gone is it has it been um mostly around texas i mean how how far we, how far we had done we had done stuff in texas and that was actually before i joined the band so they had done a, like maybe like one or two regional tours i think they did okay. like houston san antonio dallas uh laredo or something like that uh Corpus Christi, you know, like a, a small little five five day type thing, and then um, after I joined, we actually went on an actual tour tour, which like a quote unquote tour tour. Um, it was a really big. Uh, at first, it was supposed to be like I think seven seven days, and we were supposed to hit like. Uh, like Dallas and then New Mexico and then Nebraska and then like Tennessee and then like Oklahoma and then come back down to like San Antonio and then come home. Um, but then, you know, things were, were promised, but then only like four of the shows came through or three of them. And then uh, we ended up having like a tour that was spread out over like, two weeks or something like that but the days there was like two days in between sometimes so it was yeah. kind of weird and we had never done anything like that before so we were super super nervous i would think i was 19 when i when we went on this and oh, wow. the, the rest the rest of the guys were like 24 and uh yeah they, we had never done anything like they hadn't done anything like this either so we ended up uh sharing a suburban a, like a 1995 suburban with another band so it was like eight of us or something starting into that thing oh and, man yeah and then uh we had a trailer and we were pulling all our gear and merch and whatever but uh 
yeah, the first show was pretty dope. We played, we ended up not, the one in New Mexico was canceled. The one in Dallas was canceled. We were like, shit, like what happened? And so the first show ended up being um, Denver, Colorado. Yeah, Denver, Colorado. So we played Denver, Colorado, the first show. It was freaking pretty cool. You know, we had a few people out there. Uh, nobody nobody really knew who we were, so it was kind of like we were hoping we were just going to catch some new faces and new ears in there and, you know, drive them in. Yeah. Uh, which which kind of happened a little bit. Um, and then we played that first show. It was dope. Um, we met, like, some dope people, hung out with them, had some beers, smoked a little bit, <laughs> and then uh, just freaking went off to the next one and then the next one ended up being nebraska when i think it was like two days later so we had like a two-day break to get to nebraska and i remember getting there and we were like what is this place this is like there's nothing here <laughs> it's just like all open open field stuff but yeah we ended up getting i don't remember what city it was honestly i always forget what city it was in nebraska but uh yeah we played that show which was ended up being really bad i butchered like a lot of the, my guitar parts i don't even know why but it just happens like for some reason and then uh yeah i butchered a lot of the guitar parts and then like i just remember things started going downhill from there like we that happens and then we were leaving we noticed that like the the trailer hitch was a uh, like really loose and we were trying to like get it get it like tightens and oh, i don't know geez. what happened so we we're like shit like what's going on like i think we ended up having a freaking uh the tail light went out or something like that as well and this all started just happening like all at once and we we're like what the hell's going on oh, we're like do we just like do we just go home or do we just go to the next show the next show was supposed to be in in tennessee and we're just like, nah, like, let's try and let's try and go to the next show. So we got the stuff fixed or whatever. So we thought. And then we, we were taking off. And we were like, I don't know where we were. And I just remember being like half asleep. And then all of a sudden, our bassist, which was the main driver of, our, of the whole trip, was mostly driving because it was uh, his Suburban. And... Uh, he wanted to be like most responsible for for driving it so he was like he was letting other people drive too of course he wasn't going to do it all by himself but for the most part he was driving um but yeah, i just remember hearing him like just scream something like like no fucking way or i don't know what he said and i was like half asleep and i woke up and the first thing i see him he's looking like in the rear view mirror and the freaking trailer was just off of our car and just like going off to the side oh man yeah and we were like oh no and then we just literally see it like we see the front part of the trailer like the the hitch part we see it like hit the hit into the ground and then the trailer just flipped over and everything just flew out oh. into the freaking yeah we we lost i lost my guitar knocked in half another member from the other band lost his bass guitar um I think uh, our drummer's bass drum literally got crushed like a freaking soda can. And, oh my gosh! Yeah, man, it was insane, man. It was, were you guys on the highway, nasty. or were you on like a back? We road? were. 
we were on the highway, dude, and then oh, that trailer, that trailer, look, we were so lucky that that there was nobody at all behind us. So it didn't hit nobody. It just hit the guardrail and totally destroyed the guardrail. But um, yeah, so that happened. I just remember like being like, man, like what the actual, like that, that, this just as worse as it can be right now. I was like crying and freaking the heck out and like, what are we gonna do? And like, I just remember calling like we were like calling people and then we ended up getting some like money wired to us and then we were able to rent like a u-haul and then just just start coming back home from there and uh yeah it was not a good experience <laughs> stuff started going wrong ever when i started messing up my guitar parts <laughs> oh and, dang man yeah well, hey, yeah. I mean, if you can make it through that, you can make it through anything, right? And like you said, thank God. I mean, the silver lining in that, it sounds like, at le- like you said, at least nobody was behind you guys. And, yeah. you know, it didn't hit anybody else or, you know, could it could have been worse. As, as, as bad as it was, it could have been worse, right? Yes. Yeah, it could have been so much worse. It's insane to think that. But, yeah, we're pretty blessed that that's all that happened. We just lost some, some material stuff. But, I mean, we ended up buying or replacing it later so it was it was all right but yeah it was an insane experience all of that and we were just we were, we were kind of super young and just totally new to everything and then that happened and i was like damn that's nuts well but, the the theme behind the the name of this show march 4th man is just is just persevering and uh and moving forward and inspiring other definitely. people to go chase their dreams too man and uh you guys have definitely done that because like you said you're still here now and um even in a tough year with the pandemic it seems like you guys have really been able to grow your audience uj i mean you had like venom and my broken record were both released in 2020 venom was just in october right and it's yeah. already over like 130,000 streams. Uh, the stage, yeah. I think, is over 150,000 streams. Yeah. So you guys have definitely persevered through the tough times, man. Um, before I let you go, dude, you know, uh, what's it been like just this past year? I mean, obviously, it's been tough on everybody, right? But um, for you guys as a band, what was it like to try to find that balance in terms of whatever you had planned and then kind of maybe having to scrap that? and and release the singles and and just continue to build your audience you know because i think that's one thing that i've noticed um with some of the other artists on the show that i've had uh the privilege to talk to over these last few months is just um you know taking that time to really build up the audience and it seems like you guys have done a really good job of doing that despite all of the unfortunate tragic things that have happened (laughs) yeah man so the last year just basically just what you said man just Trying to make a, a an indention or just a statement on social media because that's kind of where everything is just falling to right now. Um, trying to just build up the followers and trying to get stuff on playlists on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube. Everything just just trying to bring attention to all that social media stuff on the websites and all that. But it was definitely tough. Uh, even just uh, getting like the music video for Venom, um, we were supposed to record that like a lot earlier in the year, and supposed to have it a lot have it out like in the summer. That was the original plan, and uh, 
then we were not able to book the days because of COVID, the whole lockdown stuff. Um, we were like, wow, okay, so we got to push this to later whenever we're able to do it, right? So we ended up being able to book uh, June in the summer, and then we went and did that. But even then, uh, our other guitarist, Andrew, wasn't able to go because um, he was uh, just pretty scared. Like, he didn't want to risk anything. He, he still has family at home, like his grandma and stuff. And he just didn't want to risk it. So we were like, all right, like, that's cool, man. Like, we understand. So we, we ended up going out, recording it without him, um, and then just waiting for that. Um, and, yeah, just it was awesome doing all of that. wish we could have had him in there. But it probably would have made things a lot cooler because I always felt like, man, like everybody's going to be like, where's Andrew or where's the other guitarist? But, you know, nobody, nobody really said anything except for like the people that actually like our close friends and stuff like that were like where where was he at but you know we just let him know what happened and there of course everybody understood but yeah, yeah but a lot of that a lot of just being able to put out stuff like at the time we wanted to just kind of got ruined um and of course no shows and all of that stuff kind of stuff sucked but it was what it was we were just like you know what like i'm a or I was and the rest of the members were kind of just like, you know, let's just take the opportunity to, to build the social media and try to get an engagement on there and, you know, put out the merch store online and, you know, put, just just do stuff online. You know, I finally was able to um, get over like, like being nervous about recording myself, like doing my own video for like a guitar playthrough. And uh, that was something I always had wanted to do, but I was like, how do I do it? Am I going to be able to do it right? Like, is it going to look okay? Like, I was always just, like, like, second-guessing myself on that. But then, you know, being able to whole, like, lockdown thing, I finally just broke out of that. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And it took a while. It took a lot of learning and stuff like that. And I finally was able to do it. So I feel like uh, the overcoming all of this stuff was just we just kind of took the time just to learn a lot of things the, uh, the way spotify worked and like stuff like that so a lot of learning and a lot of hard work kind of took place this past year and also planning as well for some new stuff that's going to be out soon right on man because yeah you did was it uh you did like a solo playthrough was it for venom and then you did like a whole track playthrough for venom am i am i yeah correct on that? I have- yeah, I had done like a solo thing uh, just because I wanted to post something. I was just jamming. I was like, oh, I'll just post a solo like the way it is as it is with no edits or editing or none of that stuff. So I just did that. And, you know, people liked it. So I was like, dope. Uh, I'll go ahead and go for the whole, the whole, the whole shebang. I do the editing <laughs> and, and trying to, to fit it together as best as I could or like line it up. And that was the hardest part. Because you got the audio and the and the visual like like stuff that I had to learn that like you record everything and then I don't know it was it was it was tough but it was I was able to get it done um, but yeah it was it was dope that's a lot of stuff that I learned this year not only with that but also linked up with with some other um, homies like in other bands uh, like shouts out to Dropout Kings and Adam and and stuff like that and freaking. Uh, um, 
uh, Never Tell, and you know, there's a lot of bands that I was able to link up with this past year and become friends with them, and you know, really just share uh, ideas and like just talk and become friends with them and connect with them. Yeah, man, it's good that the community is supportive of each other. I think that was one of the coolest things that I saw, uh, just as just as a fan of music and somebody who's had a privilege to to do podcasts like this and yeah. do music feature writing in my past and stuff. Is just seeing the way everybody's kind of come together, whether it was like the collaborations that that people were doing on social media and like you're talking about, just um, sharing strategies with marketing and building the audiences yeah. and stuff. It's uh, it's cool to see people helping each other out, man. Um, well, UJ, I'll leave you on this, man. And thank you again so much for your time, dude. I know we've gone, we've gone like 20 oh, minutes no, over. Don't so worry I, about it. I, <laughs> I hope I'm not, uh, you know, chewing your ear off. But um, as far as 2021, man, um, what do you guys have in coming up? Uh, what do you guys have coming up that you can that you can talk about right now? I mean, obviously, we're still going through this pandemic. Hopefully, people can get the vaccine and and uh, we can we can get back to more normal life, right? But um, yeah. Uh, as, as far as what you guys got coming on the horizon, man, what, what can you, what can you say, or what do you want to share with people on this one? Um, we've got some new music already ready to go. We're just waiting on, um, you know, music video edits, uh, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you can expect some new music, like I would want to say pretty soon. It, it will not be that long. It's literally any day now until we get that that first edit of the, the music video so as soon as we get that it's going to be planning from there on like the release strategy so if anything it'll be at least uh no more than a couple of months i would want to say before this next single comes out um but yeah I'm, i i could say it'll definitely be unreal uh little hint hint <laughs> <laughs> but yeah awesome. man, we got we got real we got real I can I can share a little bit more. We got real inspired by uh, um, some video games um, with this next single, and we wanted to do some crazy like visuals on the music video as well. Um, and we kind of wanted to keep because the song, this next song that's going to come out is definitely going to be heavy, like our heaviest song ever. Um, it's still going to have, uh, of course, the singing in it and all that, you know, classic, you know, like just the way the way we do things. But there's going to be a lot more heavier stuff going on on this next song. And we just kind of wanted to capture all of that energy into a music video. So uh, we went for something pretty crazy. We, like, it's definitely going to be unreal. Like, it's going to be insane. Well, cool, man. Well, UJ, I, I can't thank you so much uh, uh, or thank you enough for, for doing this podcast, dude. It's been great to catch up with you. I really appreciate you giving me a little more in an hour of your time. Um before I let you go, let let people know uh, where they can find you uh, on, on social media. For sure. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, just about all the music platforms. And, of course, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, just about anywhere. Just, just look up our name and we can sure we'll pop up. UJ, thanks again so much, dude. Keep in touch. I really love what you guys are doing. It's uh, It's been great to talk to you, and uh, you're welcome anytime, man. Keep keep your head up and keep doing your thing. I'm really looking forward to the new stuff. For sure, man. Thank you so much, Mike. Super appreciated for you, man. This is awesome. Really awesome. You're welcome, dude. Have a good rest of the night, man. Let's keep in touch. For sure. Most definitely, man. Have a good one.
Whitey-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with UJ Martinez, lead guitarist of the Site of Impact out of Donna, Texas. Make sure you go follow those guys on Instagram at the Site of Impact, on Twitter at TSOI Official. Follow UJ at UJ Impact on Instagram, and you can listen to them pretty much everywhere you find music. I will be sure to put up the links in the podcast description, so make sure you check them out. Make sure you go support these guys, man. I really think you're going to hear a lot more from them in the coming months. They're working on a new music video right now that they've done some teasers for, and the visuals for it look insane. It looks like a mini movie. Uh, It had to be a lot of fun making that. But uh, I just really want to say thank you again to UJ for doing this podcast, man. UJ, it was great to talk to you and learn more about your story and the band and just the hard work that you guys have been putting in over these last several years and to see the proof in the pudding with the number of streams that you guys are getting on Spotify and the people that are following you on social media and checking out your music. It's really cool to see you guys chasing your dreams. And again, I have a lot of respect. I know I've mentioned it a few times, but you know, I, I really think it's cool that these guys, you know, they're not from, you know, a, a, an LA or a New York or a Chicago, they're not from like a major market. And it just goes to show. And, and one of the reasons why I love doing this show, it, it doesn't matter where you're from, man. Like if you have a dream and you have a vision and you put the work in, anything is possible. Never forget that, man. So a lot of respect for you, UJ, and, and you as a guitarist and in your band, dude. So thank you so much. Um, there's a great solo, you guys, and we talked about it on the, on the podcast, but, um, I really dig their catalog, but in particular, just as a as a fan of the guitar, I really love the solo on the song Calevra. So make sure you guys check that out. It's spelled K-E-V-L-E-V-R-A. It's it's just it's it's a really really awesome solo, great song. But uh, these guys are dope, man. And and again, I think you're gonna hear a lot more from them in the future. So it's it's really cool that UJ took the time to do this show. Again, TSOI official on Twitter, the site of Impact on Instagram and UJ Impact on Instagram. Check out the podcast description for all the links. You can follow me at March4thPod on Instagram, at Mike V. Bauman on Twitter, and March4th.podbean.com is the host site. If you go to my Instagram, there's a link tree where it's got links to whether you have Apple, iHeart, Spotify. You can go to the host site and play it. There's also other podcast apps out there, like uh, my shows on Podcast Addict, I believe it's also on Himalaya, so it's on other apps out there as well for podcasting. But go to my Instagram at March 4th Pod, check out that link tree, and you can you can learn more about me. Check out my bio, uh, see past feature stories that I've written, uh, music features that I've done over the years. Um, learn learn more about my story and, uh, and and reach out. You know, if you're if you're an artist. Uh, you know, or somebody who, who um, you know, really digs persevering and moving forward and chasing your dreams and, and you want to get on the show, uh, definitely hit me up, man. I'd love to have you. I'm, I'm always, you know, looking for new music and looking for new ways to inspire people and get inspired, man. So, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and step out of the shadows and say what's up, man. So thank you again to all of you for listening. It's, again, I, I love this. I love doing it. I love giving you guys the content. So first and third Tuesday every month, you'll get new March 4th episodes. So really appreciate it. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Like I always say, shout out to my grandpa. Rest in peace, Vic. It's really important, you guys. We're, we're living in some crazy times. I think we're, we're starting to get better. Um, you know, Hopefully people can get vac- vaccines and uh, you know, get vaccinated and we can get back to, 
to more of a regular way of life. I know I miss live shows. If you're a music fan, listen to this. I know you miss live shows. So, you know, when you go out there, just remember to be cool to each other, man. You know, just and remember, you know, everyone you meet at that old quote, everyone you meet is going through something you don't know anything about. And so, you know, being kind, it's it's often mistaken as weakness in our society. But I would argue in my experience that it takes more strength to be kind than it does to, you know, fly off the handle and be short with people, be be rude to people, be mean to people, cut people down, you know, dog people or dog bands or artists that you don't like, you know, I would encourage you to step away from that negative energy and, and, and you know, wake up every day with a focus and, and a positive mindset and uh, leave leave everyone you meet with a smile if you can. You know, not everybody's going to be cool to you, but uh, don't match their energy, man. You know, be a light in the dark, as cheesy as that may sound to some people. That's what life is all about. That's that's what it's about. It's about lifting each other up and being cool to each other and supporting each other. So check out the site of Impact. And again, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of UJ, I'm going to give you guys the latest single from the site of Impact called Venom. Here it is. Peace. Yeah.